take a girl and a guy and they fall madly in love and form a family. Sprinkle in some counseling degrees and a doctorate, a dream of transforming relationships as we know it. And 20 years later, we give you power couple Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. And this is their podcast, Couples Synergy. Welcome back to another episode of Couples Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean. I'm Dr. Ray. And I'm Jean. And this is our podcast about love, marriage, and relationships. Check us out online at couplesynergy.com and be sure to subscribe to our podcast or send us any suggestions on topics you'd like to hear more about. And now on to Couple Synergy, an in-depth look at love, marriage, and relationships, where we bring you our experiences working with thousands of couples for over 15 years. Everyone says you need to work on a relationship, but nobody teaches us how. So we've created this podcast to teach people what they can do to create the relationship they've always dreamed of with the partner they fell in love with. In this episode, Gene and I will be talking about the three yellow flags in marriage. I think most people think about three red flags that comes to mind because it would be danger, danger, right? But three yellow flags are kind of the cautionary flags that most couples overlook. They don't really recognize in their marriage. And it can signal that they are about to head into some really murky and choppy waters. Yeah, they're really subtle, and they th- those are these are the things that kind of wear a relationship down over time. And then by the time you your kids leave or your life changes, you realize your connection is eroded. Absolutely. And so, what are those three yellow flags? And I think we'll just kind of list it, and then we'll talk a little bit about each one of them. But the first one is a lack of quality time, and the second is not sleeping in the same bed. And the third is not having a common vision. So if we go to the first one, quality time, one of the most important things for a human being is attention. You know, it's the number one commodity that we have. You can always get more money, you can get lots of other things, but you can only give so much attention in a 24-hour period. And when you look at what people are actually giving their attention to, it's typically not their partner, especially once they have kids and They socialize and and they're so busy in life. Well, just look on social media and people are seeking out attention in many different ways, many negative ways, right? But one of the things that we should probably do is define quality time because I think people have kind of a connotation in their head of what that is. But the way we define it is it's time spent alone together without any screens. So no TV. Or other people. Or other people, right? So it's, it's alone together as a couple without any screen. So no phones, no TV, no movies, right? Some some couples think that it's quality time to sit together and watch TV, but... And, to, and not talking about logistics. Right, right. Or, or doing things that are logistical, like going to the grocery store and, right. or, you know, going even to the gym together. Uh, you're, you're often not interacting when you are doing these types of activities. And that's really what we're talking about is quality time. It's interacting together, just the two of you. You know, if you're in a relationship, you already know how to do this because that's what you did in the beginning. In the beginning, you spent lots of time sharing stories, talking to each other, getting to know each other. And then I think life gets in the way. And and that's why it's a yellow flag because it's not glaring at you that it's a problem, but you just go, oh, I'll get to it tomorrow, maybe tomorrow, maybe tomorrow. One of the leading researchers, John Gottman, in the area of marriage, 
and relationships. He actually gave a number that couples need to be hitting every week. And that's a minimum of five and a half hours of quality time per week. And, yeah. Right. And and we see this as a huge problem. Most of the couples we work with say like maybe one, if they're even doing that. Yeah. They maybe say that well, we try to do date night every now and then, but when we really dig deeper, that every now and then is like once every six months or so. One of the things that impacts that the most, I think, is that when couples aren't good at resolving conflict and then they get quality time together and they're not distracted and then they start a conversation and ultimately it leads to the things that they haven't fixed and they haven't resolved and so it becomes uncomfortable. And they instead of having fun together, they're fighting. And so that's one thing we would really recommend when you are looking at quality time is to not even talk about problems in your relationship, but just go out and have fun together and try new things. We're a big proponent of trying new things. Right. Couples should be talking about those big ticket items at other times, right? But when we're talking about quality time, we're talking about having fun, interacting with each other, you know, really putting a, an investment into your relationship. And so, you know, we will see exactly what Gina's talking about, you know, couples fighting when they go on vacation because they put so much, you know, behind them, or, or I should say just sweeping it under the carpet, not really dealing with all of those issues so that when they get that quality time, now it starts coming out. Now it starts, you know, coming to the surface and they're fighting during their vacation. Yeah, that was interesting. We podcasted a couple, Dan and Christine, and they lived a year apart while they were going to grad school right? Or their internships. Internships. And they would say, you know, it was so much pressure when they could get a weekend together and they were exhausted and burned out from their lives and they didn't have much to give to their relationship, even though they only saw each other several times during that year. And that's the same thing, like going on vacation. All of a sudden you go from, you know, hardly spending any time together to 24 hours a day with, with your partner. And it is a lot of pressure. And the expectation is that we're going to have fun. We're going to try to get in as much activities and, you know, and time together that we can and that it's going to be all positive. I remember when we started early in our relationship, we would go on vacation and we'd go through, you know, all the stress of like getting ready and getting to the airport and checking into the hotel. And ultimately that night we always would get in a really big fight. Because there's just a lot of stress yeah. <laughs> and pressure and, and having a great time. And then once we kind of blew off that steam, so to speak, you know, we'd come back together and then have a good time. And I remember saying to you once, can we just skip that part? Can we just skip the fighting and just go to having a good time? And I think we're much better at it now. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Relaxing a little bit, you know, yeah. before the flight, having a cocktail and just kind of, you know, kicking back and just allowing it to happen. That, that has really helped. You know, if you go to our Facebook page, is it On the Trail with Dr. Ray and Jean? Is that the name of it? Right. You can get a lot of suggestions about different things you can do because that's something we love to do. We love to try new things. And when you try new things, you interact differently as a couple. And so you won't bring all that baggage with you. You'll kind of change it up. Like we just went axe throwing. That was that was really cool. That was fun. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. But we do have a Facebook page called Couple Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean. And there we do talk about date nights and we actually, you know, kind of show some of our escapades as well. Speaking of 
date nights mm-hmm. and trying new things like axe throwing. I mean, I think that is a very important thing for couples to do as well within their relationship is not do the same mundane activities. Go to the same restaurant, right. eat the same food. Over yeah. and over doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. It just, it, it might be something you both enjoy, but it, it creates a rut and it is not that nuance that couples need, you know, with that quality time. And just to be clear, when we say axe throwing, we don't mean at each other. <laughs> it's actually a sport that's kind of like bags or corn, cornhole. Kind of like darts, but yeah. you're using an yeah. axe. It's very yeah. fun. Go try it. It's a new thing that's out there. So the second yellow flag. It is not sleeping in the same bed. And, you know, you would think that this was a no-brainer, you know, that if couples are not sleeping in the same bed, that there's a problem. But what we're talking about here are couples maybe they're who are new parents and they have their kids that are sleeping in the bed with them and it starts that way because they're little and they're scared of the dark etc you know or they have dogs that are in the bed with them as well maybe it it starts by one of them snoring and keeping yeah, the I other think, person up i think the you know when we first started doing this work the couples that were together that had fallen into that category that we call parallel lives, right? Where they live in the same house, but there's not much interaction and they're both going about their own business. And they end up in separate beds for the snoring reason. But now we're seeing it with young couples, young couples that just have a baby. So it seems to be a different type of trend. I don't think that was as common as it is today. It it just becomes kind of a normality Mm -hmm. within the relationship. And... I don't know how many couples that we talk to where they go to bed at different times. You know, maybe one person stays up and watches TV. They have different shifts of work and that affects it too. But it it goes to the point that the majority of the time that they sleep in a bed is alone. Right. And, you know, it's it's a subtle thing, right? Because at, at a very basic level, human beings emit far infrared. Mm-hmm. And when we have high levels of that, we tend to be healthier and happier. When we have low levels of that, we tend to be more depressed, anxious, and suppresses our immune system. This is why people that have dogs live longer because it's the same benefit. So it's really working in that subconscious part of us. It's not a big red flag. It's a really subtle thing. And when you're having that contact with your partner, it just makes you feel better in life. And it takes a toll over time. Yeah. You know, that that lack of physical proximity, you know, with each other. Gary Brainerd, mm-hmm. a psychologist in, in California, he taught us about the four most important times of the day for couples, which is very, very important. These are anchor points for couples where you are connecting. And when I talk about, when I say connecting, I'm I'm not talking about communication. This is really a physical connection. Affection. Affection, Mm -hmm. right. The first time of the day, he says, is when you first wake up in the morning. And it doesn't really matter who wakes up first, but this is a a moment in the day where couples should have a four-minute embrace. And that is... You know, it, it, it's non-sexual touch. It's, it's you know, intimacy in a way of connecting emotionally and physically without any, you know, commitment, without any expectation as yeah, it's, well. It's not sexual. Absolutely, yeah. right. So it's four-minute embrace. Nothing needs to be said. 
between the two of them. And the second time of the day is when the first person leaves the home. And so the first person leaving for work or, or whatnot would give a quick kiss or a hug just to say goodbye, right? The third time of the day is when the two would reunite. So again, this would be a quick kiss or a hug, just kind of reuniting and saying hello. And then the fourth most important time of the day is when you go to bed. And it doesn't really matter if one person goes to bed before the other person, you would still tuck each other in. And this would be, again, a four-minute embrace to just kind of close down the day. Yeah, you would think this would be obvious because we do it with our children, right? When they wake up, we go and hold them. We hold them before we put them back down, right? And we do it with our with our animals too, right? If you walk in the door, your dog's going to greet you. And if you ignore your dog, that dog's going to become anxious, probably pee on the floor or chew something up. And so we share that part of the brain with them. And for some reason in our relationships, we sort of get disconnected and we forget I think because we don't see it as a need. You can see the need in children. You can see the need in animals. But we forget that we have that still even as grown people. Well, I think we take it for granted Mm -hmm. in a relationship. But also as a relationship becomes more and more disconnected, there is that risk of rejection. Right. And that is a really painful uh, emotion to go through. And so couples tend to put up their walls, become guarded, And they're not going to reach out and try to initiate that contact only to be rejected by their partner. You know, since we learned this, it's probably been, I don't know, four or five years ago that we went to that seminar and learned about the four most important times a day. And we're pretty religious about doing it, but I can always tell those days where we can't. And I hate that. You know, at least our lifestyle, we have the luxury of having a slow morning, but not always. And sometimes when we have to like get up and get moving, I I just feel off the rest of the day. Do you feel that? Absolutely. Right. But I mean, that's the exception to the rule, right? Because we do spend a lot of time together. We have a lot of quality time. And most often we are making those those connections, those four most, most important times of the day. And the days that we're not able to make those connections, you know, you kind of feel like you haven't started the day. Yeah. Like the day has started without you and you're mm-hmm. just playing catch up, you know, all throughout the yeah, rest that's of the day. That's totally what it feels like. You know, I, I know this is another big problem for the couples that we work with is especially if there's a stay at home person and a working person and the stay at home person ends up giving all that attention and affection to their child, including sleeping with their child. And when we're kind of suggest to them, you know, mm-hmm. to let your child be in their own bed so they can learn how to self-soothe and delay gratification and, you know, work on those other kind of life skills that the child needs to develop. The parent that's sleeping with the child goes, but I I miss them. And so they're bonding with their child and not their partner. And that's sleeping in the same bed and having those four times of touch in a day, those are bonding behaviors. And if we're not doing that, our bond with our partner is eroding. And and I think it's something that subtly happens, you know, and people aren't really aware of it. I mean, I think it's really hard when you become a, a new parent, you know, to take some of those feelings that you have and, you know, voice that to your partner who might be taking care of, you know, the child. 
you know, parents shift, I should say, couples shift to becoming co-parents, and that becomes the primary relationship. And in many cases, it should be, right? right? Because the child needs and has needs. However, the relationship between the couples starts to suffer drastically because of that reason. It is a balancing act, but couples tend to take for granted their relationship, put it on the back burner, and focus all of their attention and energy towards the child. I think this is another more common thing that's happening. You know, my parents had nine kids and they always went on date nights. They were out all the time. They socialized a lot. They found babysitters and they made that happen. And today, you know, we talk to people and they're like, and we ask them, when's the last time you've been on vacation? Just the two of you. And it's always before they had kids. Right. Every vacation is a family vacation. Yeah. I remember that one woman we were talking to and it was their anniversary dinner. And she goes, well, the kids like lobster too. So we bring the kids with for our anniversary dinner. Right. You know, and they just, and, and I think once you do that, it makes it very awkward and uncomfortable to spend quality time with your partner. And if you're not sleeping in the same bed already and you're not spending quality time together, where is the relationship? Right. I I think people feel selfish, Mm -hmm. you know, if they're going to spend that time together as a couple and not have the kids be part of that. I think daycare becomes an issue as well. And parents and couples who don't have that support, like family support that are able to, you know, take care of their kids, that is a, you know, a, a real problem. Yeah, I think it's worth making the effort to find a babysitter that you trust, right? And I think there's a lot of fear around leaving your kids at all, that someone's going to hurt them or I'm not even exactly sure. But if you don't have that good support, there certainly are services out there and local kids and high school kids that, you know, can help you out and just make sure it's someone that you really trust. I think guilt also becomes an issue. Yeah. Especially if... You know, maybe it was a difficult childbirth or the child is having, you know, a difficult time. Mm-hmm. Parents can feel guilty about leaving their kids. And, and, and if both parents are working and they already right. feel like, I, I've got my kid in daycare, I'm not going to come home and then get a babysitter. Right. So, I mean, all of these are factors that right. kind of play into why a couple would not sleep in the same bed together. I think logically they can justify it you know, because of all of these factors that we've been discussing. But it does, again, take a toll over time on the relationship. And if couples are not attending to these small yellow flags, Mm -hmm. you know, then it can lead to the red flags, you know, where they're kind of in a danger zone and can start really being detrimental towards the Looking outside of the relationship to get these needs met. Yeah. So the, the third... A yellow flag is not having a common vision. So in common vision, we're not talking about just having future, common future goals together, right? It's much, much more complex than that. Yeah, I think that, you know, life kind of sets those things up for us initially where, you know, you got to go to school and then you got to get a job and you get a partner and you get a house and you have some kids. And then I think the danger zone really comes in what happens when those kids grow up, right? Right. And that's the number one reason older couples divorce is because they they go, now what? I, I don't know what to do with my life or what you want to do with your life. And they've probably been living parallel lives and not 
sharing and whatever their dreams and hopes are for the future. Well, they stopped creating goals beyond having a family. Right. You know, and maybe that was their goal to begin with, Mm -hmm. to have a successful family. But now that the kids are gone, well, who are you? Yeah. (laughs) What are we going to do now? and, And I think also they've lost themselves as well. Right. Right. So we often ask couples to create a vision board, to you know, dream big about what you want your relationship to create. And they always come in with this really low level sort of like, I want my bills to be paid and maybe I can go on vacation once a year or something like that. It's not like I want to go live in this dream place and I want to travel the world and I like these big lofty things. I want to learn how to whatever is out there that you can learn because they've lost connection first with themselves. They have a very limited view of what they want to create. Or sometimes we'll have couples come in with their vision board and they they have it separated. Mm -hmm. Like one side is his and these are the things I want to, you know, experience in life. I want to get this new golf club or whatever. And the other side is hers and what she wants to create in her life. And there is no combined us. There is no common vision for the us. You know, uh, Matthew Kelly in his book called The Seven Levels of Intimacy kind of talks about your relationship just like you would a business. You know, in businesses, if they don't have a vision and they don't have a mission, they have no direction and they tend to fall apart. And they know that's really important. And so they spend time having meetings, weekly, monthly meetings and reevaluating everything back to that original common vision. And he suggests that couples do the same thing. And I would really agree with that. Yeah, if you think about how much time you spend talking with your spouse about your relationship, where is it at? Where do you want to take it? What are some of the challenge areas you guys are facing? What are some of the steps necessary in order to get over those challenges? Not many couples do that. Mm-mm. Right. Most often they're just kind of throwing things at the wall and seeing what sticks and just trying to survive on a day to day basis. And if your company was run that way, right, it definitely would fall apart and not survive. Right. Even like, what time are you working? What time are you not working? And, you know, when we talk about, you know, those uh, four most important times a day, where, where is the time for the relationship? And it's so easy for everything to, get in the way of that. And and that all comes first. You know, we, we do an exercise with couples on the different facets of their relationship, mm-hmm. right? The seven facets that we've, we've kind of identified. Those facets are career, parenting, finance, personal development, spirituality, intimacy, and friendship. And, you know, these are really important categories within your relationship, different facets of it. Why don't you, you know, if you're listening to this, grab a pen and Ray, could you repeat those and, you know, write these down and then have that conversation with your partner? Yeah, that's a great idea. Career, parenting, finance, personal development, spirituality, intimacy, and friendship. And if you think about all of those different facets within your relationship, what would be ideal? Like, what would you want to create 
Like really, really want. Really, really want and create within your relationship, within each of these seven facets. I think we get really stuck in life and we we sort of just settle. And one of the, there was a study done on, on happiness. And they found that there's one quality that people that feel very happy have. And that quality is they take risks. Right. You know, they don't go to the same restaurant and have the same meal that they always have, which would be satisfying. But they'll go to the Moroccan restaurant and have something very different. And even if the meal is horrible, it adds to their happiness because they've gone through a, a new experience. And if you're doing that with your partner, then you're really forming a good bond when you take risks together. Absolutely. And, you know, this kind of ties in with the second yellow flag that we talked about. You know, and that's that, you know, time together. Well, actually, I'm talking about lack of quality yeah, time, right? Quality time yeah, right. Trying new things mm-hmm. and, you know, having that risk and going to a different restaurant and having new experiences together. So, as a recap, if you are not spending five and a half hours a week in quality time and they don't have to be all at the same time, nope. then you have a yellow flag. If you're not sleeping in the same bed with your partner, you've got a yellow flag. And if you lack a common vision, you hit the trifecta. Definitely a yellow flag. We want to wholeheartedly thank you for joining us today and listening to Couple Synergy. We hope that by listening to this episode, it was not only beneficial for your life, but also for your relationship. For all you listening, please subscribe to our podcast and leave a review. If you have any questions, comments, or topic suggestions, please email us at contact at couplesynergy.com. For more information about Couple Synergy and our programs, such as Relationship 101, the Couples Weekend Intensive, and our premier program called Couple to Couple, look us up online at couplesynergy.com. Until next time, synergize your life, synergize your love. This episode is sponsored by the Lighthouse Emotional Wellness Center in Schaumburg, Illinois, offering the most comprehensive and effective family counseling program in the Midwest called Family Synergy Therapy. For more information on how we can help you and your family, look us up online at lighthouseemotionalwellness.com. You have been listening to Couple Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean Kedkodian. Couple Synergy was recorded edited and produced by Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. Voiceover and music entitled Breathe and Let Go was recorded and composed by Gina Gonzalez. <laughs>